We are confident that weapons were loaded onto that vessel, and I would bet my life on the accuracy of that assertion. Would you arrest Putin and risk World War III breaking out in Joburg during load shedding? If South Africa were actually to arrest Russian President Vladimir Putin, there would be unimaginable, unthinkable, and dramatic consequences that could possibly be military. The Caesar and Wolf Welsh Experience Podcast. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. And today, backed by popular demand, we are analyzing topics. And there's been a lot of talk, a lot of discussion lately around South Africa's foreign policy. And especially this question of Russia and South Africa, the Russia-Ukraine war, South Africa's role in BRICS, and whether President of Russia, Vladimir Putin, should be allowed onto South African soil and whether South Africa should arrest him if he comes to South Africa for the BRICS summit, which is happening in August this year. In this episode, we dissect these questions and we ask whether South Africa is caught between a rock and a hard place in its foreign policy, whether it should arrest Vladimir Putin, and whether the Russia-Ukraine war has created a crisis of South Africa's international relations. Let's get started. Okay, I'm gonna divide this video into three parts. The first part, we're gonna talk about the Lady R Russian ship arms export debacle that happened between South Africa and the United States. I'm then gonna talk about the BRICS summit and why what happened with the so-called arms exports should be viewed through the light of the BRICS summit which is happening in August this year. And then after that, I'm going to speak more broadly about South Africa's foreign policy, where we fit in the world, and whether we are uh, adopting an appropriate foreign policy for the current global moment. So let's get started. As you know, recently, US Ambassador to South Africa, Ruben Brigatti, came out swinging with some extremely incendiary statements about South Africa, basically virtually incendiary anyway, saying that we professed to be non-aligned in the Russia-Ukraine war. Russia is at war with Ukraine, has been for a long time now, and this is important because, let me just take a step back and explain this and simplify this for you. The US backs Ukraine in this war because Ukraine wanted to join a body called NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Now, NATO, let's take a step back, was formed after the Second World War, which is essentially a military alliance and some other things between European countries and America. Why is it called NATO? The North Atlantic. The Atlantic Ocean is between America and Europe. So NATO is kind of this 
military alliance between American countries and European countries. And after the Second World War, they came together and formed this alliance. It started off as just a few countries and has expanded more and more towards the West and its East. So let me clarify that because the West is often seen as synonymous with NATO, but NATO has expanded eastwards towards Russia, so from Europe out towards Russia. Cool. Now, Russia, of course, has taken exception to this because this alliance, which is not always friendly to Russia, let's put it that way, it has been encroaching further and further over time towards Russian territory. Ukraine is obviously on the border of Russia, and so Russia's stance is, well, this alliance keeps moving closer and closer towards us, and that's a problem. So just to give you some context for that. So the US and NATO are friends, right? And so when the US ambassador in South Africa comes out and says South Africa is exporting weapons to Russia, they're trying to embarrass South Africa to the extent that their ally in this war is the NATO alliance, which is backing Ukraine. So having explained that, South Africa then responds and says, well, this is quite something. President Ramaphosa gets up in parliament and says, we will, in typical customary President Ramaphosa fashion, we will look into the matter. So that didn't shed much, much light. So the US ambassador says South Africa is exporting weapons to Russia. And he says he will bet his life that this is happening. So you can imagine, this is quite a rare moment when an ambassador comes out and says something that is firstly public and secondly quite damaging for the government inside the country in which he serves. So this causes a great deal of international scrutiny on South Africa. And the question still remains on what evidence was that claim based? Because that's really where this question, where the rubber hits the, the diplomatic road. Because if Ambassador Brigitte's assertions are in fact backed up by evidence, and he can show us that there was a video where there were arms that were put on a, a ship and sent to Russia, then, I mean, you would understand why he came out with the public statement. But he didn't necessarily actually give the evidence. He just said he would stake his credibility that it happened. So he said he had seen evidence and that made him believe it. But we haven't seen the evidence he has seen. So it's really a question of whether you're going to believe him or not. And some people have said, well, he wouldn't do something so diplomatically dangerous if he didn't have a good reason. That's not the same as saying you've seen the evidence. It's just saying it's likely he would have done it. Otherwise, that would be a crazy move. So did South Africa ship weapons to Russia or not? Well, South Africa over time has taken two steps. The first thing they said is they're going to launch an inquiry into whether this happened or not. Now, that was a very weird move for South Africa to make because it's like, do you know whether you exported the weapons or not? I'm not sure which one is worse. Because if you don't know what weapons are leaving your ports, then that's like you're asleep at the wheel of your own country in terms of the military assets that are moving in and out of the country. But on the other hand, if you're instituting an inquiry and you do know, then why don't you just say, we know this didn't happen? So it was a bit of a strange move and 
I'm not really sure what the purpose of this inquiry into whether we actually exported the weapons is going to do. Because South Africa actually has very clear laws. There's an act called, I think it's the National Conventional Arms Control Act, which stipulates how weapons can be exported from South Africa. Who is in the room when those decisions are taken? It's a group of ministers, and they can delegate that authority, I think, to a secretariat. And so after about date when there were some serious arms exports shenanigans, South Africa tightened up its arms exports laws. So we should be able to trace whether a decision to export weapons to Russia was actually taken. Enter Defense Minister Tandi Modise, who then a few weeks later says, we didn't export so much as chappies to Russia. We exported nothing. And those were, those were her words. Well, I won't use the word she used because it contained an F and it ended in an L. But that's what she said, we exported to Russia, zip, zero. So we have this strange situation where the US ambassador says he bets his life we exported weapons to Russia. And then we have this situation where the South African defense minister says, I can guarantee we exported zilch to Russia. And now we as South Africans who unfortunately don't have the primary documentation or evidence are placed in this position where two sides are saying completely opposing things and it's not clear exactly which one is telling the truth, if any. But the stories do seem to be conflicting. So that's really where we are in terms of the Lady R situation. And that's really what's been happening of late. There's a war between Russia and Ukraine. Russia represents one side. China and a few other countries linked to Russia have rallied around Russia. Ukraine is supported largely by NATO, the United States. And many of those countries have rallied around Ukraine. And so the United States has made these statements which bear on us in South Africa because we've taken an interesting stance of non-alignment. But I'm going to come to our foreign policy and the stance of non-alignment in the third part of this video. Why do the statements of Ambassador Ruben Brigetti and the statements of Defense Minister Tandi Mudise matter in terms of the BRICS summit that's scheduled to take place in South Africa in August? Because that's where the story gets deep. And that's where the question of possibly arresting Russian President Vladimir Putin and starting World War III could begin. So let's get into that segment. Okay, cool. So part two of this is looking at the recent events around arms shipments to Russia in the context of the BRICS summit. Now, what's BRICS? BRICS is an alliance of countries. Stands for B is Brazil, R, Russia, I, India, C, China, and S, well, that's us, South Africa. Now, as you can see, none of these countries is a Western country. So BRICS is really in its design, this grouping of countries who are all powerful in their different regions that come together to create an alternative block to 
the typical Western power block, at least partly in theory. We can complicate that because many BRICS countries have deep relations with Western countries, but ultimately BRICS comes out of an attempt to create an alternative global power block, geopolitically and also geoeconomically. Now, whether BRICS can do that is a whole other question because BRICS doesn't have as much power as we might think, and I'll go into that. But that's what BRICS is, right? So BRICS, every, <clears throat> uh, I think it's every year or every few, few years, if not every year, has a summit in a different country of BRICS. And it turns out that it's South Africa's turn to host BRICS. So all the presidents and prime ministers of those countries will be coming to South Africa for the BRICS summit in August. Now, of course, Russia, being the R in BRICS, would send its president, Vladimir Putin. And that's what's happened at all BRICS summits. The heads of states always go to these summits. But there's a catch. Because the International Criminal Court, this is a court that prosecutes people for war crimes, issued a warrant of arrest. What does that mean? It basically says, if you see this person, arrest them for Vladimir Putin because of what the International Criminal Court says are crimes that were committed in Ukraine, particularly around forcible removal of children from Ukraine into Russia. Why does that matter for South Africa? We are signatories basically to the International Criminal Court. We've signed up to be part of the International Criminal Court and its regime, the act or the, the international treaty which created it is called the Rome Statute, and we signed it. Now, if you're a signatory, as South Africa is, if there's a warrant of arrest for someone and they come to your country, then you have to be the person to arrest them or the country to arrest them. So when Putin comes to South Africa, we are under a legal obligation because we have signed up to this international criminal court regime to arrest him. Yes, that's right. We are kind of legally bound to arrest Putin if he comes to South Africa. Now, let's be quite frank. No matter the rule of law questions that emerge, if South Africa were actually to arrest Russian President Vladimir Putin, there would be unimaginable, unthinkable, and dramatic consequences that could possibly be military and I don't know about you, but like South Africa is not in a place to get in a war right now. Like things are complicated enough just internally. You know, we're going through the most, we're in therapy. We're not really ready to engage in like relation, never mind conflictual relations with other people. You know, I saw a hilarious video the other day when it was like, I lost respect for Russia because why would you want weapons from South Africa? Like that's just, you'll see that the weapon is not, I saw it on um, Insta, I don't know who it was, and apologies for, the, for not uh, attributing, but the person was like, hey, you'll find there's not a screw in that weapon when it gets there to the other side, and then, hey, things, things will be real. So Russia, just, just leave us alone. But anyway, so imagine the consequences of us even trying to arrest Vladimir Putin. It would be crazy. We would drag ourselves into the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We would possibly create a new front of conflict. And this, this conflict could actually spread to an African theater, and that would be horrendous. 
So of course, we can't arrest him, right? Here's the problem. That would mean the government breaking its own laws because we had a similar situation with, with someone who was an African president. He was the president of Sudan, Omar al-Bashir. He came to South Africa. There was an arrest warrant for him. We did nothing. We let him abscond under the cover of darkness. And South Africa's courts scolded the South African government and said what you did was illegal. So it's very, it's not a good look for a government which is supposed to implement laws and which will arrest you if you break the law and should arrest you if you break the law. It's not a good look for the government to turn around and say, well, the law doesn't really apply to us. Like we don't, we don't really take these laws that seriously. Like we can just flout them when we want, but citizens, you must follow the law always. So South Africa is in a really difficult bind. Of course, the geopolitical realities of arresting Putin are unimaginable. But at the same time, a government breaking its own laws has wider ramifications for the rule of law and constitutional supremacy in South Africa. So that's why we're in a difficult situation. What would you do? Comment down below. Would you arrest Putin and risk World War III breaking out in Joburg during load shedding? How are you going to defend yourself? You're in load shedding. Yay. It's like Putin calls. We need tanks. We need weapons. Sorry, we can't send them. Unfortunately, there's a power outage. We'll get back to you after stage six. Imagine. It's real. We can't get into World War Three during a whole stage six. Or should we not arrest him and risk undermining the government's commitments to its own laws? Now, some people have said, look, this, this is, this is, a bind that South Africa can get out of. The government, apparently under the deputy president's office of Paul Mashatile, is looking, are there legal technicalities we can find to maybe let Putin in, but we're not necessarily bound to arrest him. So the government is looking into those technicalities and seeing if we can find a loophole which can save us. Others have said, look, maybe we need to find a third way. Maybe we can ask President Putin do you have teams? Can you Zoom? WhatsApp call? You know, you'll still be part of the meeting, but hey, this thing of like a, you know, like an in-person thing is, is going to be real. So that's another option. Does Russia maybe send the second in command or, or the foreign minister rather than Putin? But then remember, Russia then gets angry at South Africa and says, oh, okay, so you invite us to a summit and then now you, you're saying, our own president can't come. So as you can see, I'm trying to break down for you the difficult position South Africa is in and why August, if we don't find a solution, is going to be a very, very dicey foreign policy month for South Africa. Comment down below with what you think should happen and what you think we should do. In the final part of this video, I'm gonna zoom out and look at our wider foreign policy and how we've got ourselves into this crisis in the first place. Okay, so let's talk about South Africa's foreign policy because our relationship with BRICS is only one aspect of the way we interact with the world. And that's what foreign policy is. It's how a country interacts with other countries and how it sets the rules and 
the practices that it will use to engage with the rest of the world, ultimately to protect itself and for its own benefit. So I think you'll see that South Africa is in a bit of a confused but also a difficult position in terms of its foreign policy. Because on the one hand, we want to be friends with the United States, with Britain, with Europe, with Western countries. And our economy is deeply entangled with Western economies. So when we export, we often export minerals to Western countries. Many of our main trading partners in various sectors are in economies that are part of NATO, part of the EU, the United States itself. We're part of important agreements like AGOA, which is uh, an American-led trade agreement in Africa, which gives us economic benefits. Think about culture. It's all well and good to say, oh, I'm anti, I'm anti-imperial, I'm anti-Western, etc." Okay, cool. What phone do you use? Cool. What music do you listen to? What movies do you watch? What clothes do you wear? Okay, so suddenly we're anti-imperial, but we realize that actually a lot of our consumption, whether that be entertainment or goods, actually comes from the United States and Western countries. So you can see that our economy and our foreign policy in some ways is geared to be Western friendly. And there are good practical economic reasons for that. But on the other hand, there's this opposing tendency in South Africa because we were colonized by Britain, because we have a, a history of racial subjugation and apartheid, we've always also seen ourselves as anti-colonial, as anti-imperial. And therefore, we don't fit neatly within the Western power block. So we're also interested in how we can change the global system how we can go against the United States and its interventionary wars, which we were opposed to, especially the invasion of Iraq in 2003, etc. So you can see that we, we have this kind of, some would say it's a, it's a contending, some would say it's a confused, some would say it's a contradictory foreign policy to the extent that we want to play both sides. We want to be friends to all people at all times. And that's great until the world enters a stage of conflict where hard choices have to be made. And so South Africa's foreign policy is really about not causing China or Russia to get too angry with us at the same time as we don't cause the United States or the European Union countries to get too angry with us. And to be fair to South Africa and our foreign policy practitioners, who are by and large excellent people. It's a difficult place to be. You've got to be really smart not to antagonize one side or another side of the very much more powerful countries in the world than South Africa. But on the other hand, if you're not wise or smart enough, you can start getting yourself in, in positions where neither side is happy with you. Now imagine Russia and China are angry with us and the US and the EU are angry with us. What do we think that's going to do to our economy, which, in case you haven't checked, is not exactly in great health as we speak? So I think the task for South African foreign policymakers is really difficult, but I don't think that we've necessarily communicated that very well. So our foreign policy communication is we're non-aligned. 
but we don't say why we're non-aligned. We, we talk as if we're non-aligned, as if it's a principled position. But I think South African people would be a lot more understanding of a policy of non-alignment if the government just was a bit more honest about, look, we're in a difficult place. You can't tell us to antagonize China and Russia. Yes, they're not as powerful as the United States yet, but they're really powerful players, and you don't want to uh, cause them anger. At the same time, we, we have deep relations with the West, and we're not going to stop those. So we're in a difficult place, and we're trying to negotiate that as best as we can. It involves hard choices. We don't say that. Instead, we say we are anti-imperial, but we don't take a stance, so we're non-aligned, but it's not clear what the content of the non-alignment exactly is. So I think the question for South African policy in the next decade is going to be a much wiser non-alignment, where instead of being neutral or it not being clear exactly where we stand, what we do is the following. We say to the United States, listen, Russia and China really want us to be friends with them. What are you giving us that's better than what they can give us? What are you putting on the table? And then we go to China and Russia and we say, listen, the United States wants to be friends with us. What are you giving us that's better than what they're giving us? And the best non-aligned states throughout the history of the 20th and 21st century in Asia, in Latin America, in Africa, in the Middle East have always been able to play off different superpowers against each other for their mutual benefit. And that's the question. It's not about what benefits the other countries. It's about what benefits South Africa. So what do we need? We need universities. We need schools. We need energy. We need uh, economic dynamism. We need investment. Whoever can promise to give us the best investment, we now have a bargaining chip at the table. We can say, hey, if you don't give us what we want, we're going there. It's not always a perfect bargaining chip, but I think South Africa's foreign policy needs to become much wiser in terms of playing the different powers off against each other for our benefit rather than trying to please both powers at once. Of course, we could get a lot more into what that means in practical detail. What are your thoughts on South Africa's foreign policy of our policy of non-alignment and the content we've given to that? What do you think about the Putin and BRICS summit? And what do you think about the recent accusations that South Africa exported arms to Russia in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Comment down below, like, share, subscribe. This is the place where we educate ourselves on what's happening in the country and in the world. 50k subscribers, next stop, 100k. See you in the next video. Aye. The Caesar and Bofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Aye, aye, aye.